Well, once again, welcome to day 24 of our Romans reading plan with college associate Delaney Degelow. Hello, everyone. This is your second one. Mm -hmm. You shared a little bit about your bulldog, your life, yes, your enthusiastic spirit, which we're excited to hear about, hear more of today. I uh, really enjoyed our last podcast, and oh, I know other too. people did as well. Um, you're reading through Romans 13, 1 through 14. Yes, I am. But before, which is fun because it's um, government and yeah. law, land. All the things and, that everyone wants to hear about. Right. Yes. So that's exciting. You yes. signed up late. That's what happened. <laughs> you're going to do great with it, I'm sure. I uh, want to hear a little bit about, like, how'd you get here? Yeah. And why ministry? Okay. Let's go. Question. College associate. Let's just go for it. Delaney Degelow. Okay, so how did I get into ministry is a great question. I felt a call to ministry going into my freshman year of college. So I went to camp my senior year and was a leader for middle school and then a student for high school camp because we did our camps back to back. And I remember the speaker was talking about a call to ministry and how the Lord just really calls you into that. And I was like, oh, those people are crazy. Like I remember sitting there and being like, I would, that is just too much of a calling. That's such a responsibility. And just started feeling the Lord be like, okay, well, why not you? And I was like, no, God, like, let's not, let's not get into this conversation because I just, I'm going to be, um, I was at that point, I was going to be human resources. I was like, I'm going to be rolling in dough. I'm going to be a famous HR woman. I'm going to take over the world one human resource department at a time. That was what I was going to do. And just felt the Lord calling me into ministry. I had a heart for just next generation and but I was just like, Lord, this doesn't make sense. How is this going to work out? So I felt the call to ministry going into my freshman year of college and ran from it throughout college because it didn't make sense to me practically. Like, how am I going to get into ministry? And the Lord just kept opening doors in ministry. So I interned every summer. So I was a student ministry intern two summers in a row. Then I worked at a church camp for a summer. And then I was in my senior year of college. I was like, okay, God, I guess my ministry run is done. And... Then I ended up getting a text and a call that was like, hey, we actually have another job for you in ministry. I was like, no, thanks. I'm done with my ministry run. But the Lord just was really good and allowed me to just continue in that and has made it very clear that that's where I'm called to be. And I love it so much. And this past, so I started working here in August, got a random text from a guy named Dakota Logan. Don't know if you've heard about him around here. Some of you might not have heard of him on the podcast yet, but don't worry, he's coming your way. So he texted me and was like, hey, I want to talk to you about a job here in Murfreesboro. And I was like, no, thanks, not interested. But he is very persistent. And so we called and talked and ended up um, coming here and I fell in love with New Vision. And so here I am. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you're you. an asset to the staff. I know Dakota, who is our college pastor, it loves, loves, loves having you on his team. And, and you guys are doing a great job. He's great. So Romans 13. Let's go for it. Let's go. Okay. So I'm going to read it first and then we're all going to take a deep breath together and we're going to dive in. So Romans 13, verse 1 starts and says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority, then do what is good and you will receive his approval for he is God's servant for your good. 
But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes for the authorities or ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandments are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfilling of the law. Besides this you know, the time that the hour has come for you to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of the darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to gratify its desires. So that's a lot of information. I feel like I just ran a marathon after reading those verses, but we're going to just dive into it. Um, as someone who has been old enough to vote approximately one time, I feel like I'm really picked for this job, like I'm ready to go. But the good thing is we're not relying on my words, we're relying on the Word of God. And so we're just going to dive into that and hear what He has to say, which is going to be far better than anything I have to say. So just breaking apart the verses, when it starts in 13, it says, Let every person be subject to the governing authority. And I love whenever there's something general like every person, each one, because that is what I view as an insert your name here. So let Delaney be subject to the governing authorities. Insert your name there. Let blank be subject to the governing authorities. So this isn't an exclusive verse where it's like half of you have to oblige by the law and half of you don't. Like it's just, uh, it's very clear. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. And it doesn't say a list of specific name of authorities. It says let every person be subject to the governing authorities, period. So we can try to argue that as much as we want, but I think it's pretty clear cut. And it continues and says, For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So we submit to authority because that authority has been put in place for a purpose. And I think a lot of the time we try to figure out what the purpose is of that specific ruler, but at the end of the day, the purpose isn't ours to decide. It was the Lord's. And he said, Hey, He's making it clear that whoever is in authority is put in authority for a purpose. And authority is a really overwhelming idea, but we all have to submit to authority. We submit ultimate authority is God, and we know that. And then we have, for example, a president. That is an authority. At work, we all have authority. So authority is something that we need to just be okay with. All of us submit to authority each and every day, and so we need to walk in that well. And once again, we submit to the authority because that person has been put in that place by God for a purpose. And we need to stop trying to be the one that says, oh, well, this is the purpose or I don't understand the purpose. Instead, we need to walk in faith and say, okay, God, you put them there and I'm going to trust you in that. And then in verse two, it moves on and says, therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. So 
I don't know about you, but I definitely don't want to be the person that is so caught up on contradicting what God has put in place. So it says, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And so we don't want to be believers who resist what God has put in place. And I just challenge us all with that, that if the Lord has put it in place, it is for a purpose. And we need to walk in that instead of walking in all of this, just arguing and dissension, which we're going to get into more in a little bit. Um, Verse 3, it says, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct. So continuing on this, we know that God is our ultimate authority. So if ever there's an authority that is blatantly defying the word of God, that is one thing in which we can say, you know what, my ultimate authority is the Lord. And if this doesn't match up fully with scripture, or it tells me to do something that the Bible has said for me not to do, I have to respect the Bible first and foremost. But if they're putting a law in place that isn't contradicting to the word of God, it's our rule to follow that. And so it says, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. The time in which I fear the authority the most is the time in which I'm breaking the authority's law. For example, if I'm cruising down the interstate going 10 miles over, the authority is probably not my best friend. Like, but I would never do that because I'm a law follower, everyone. But what it's saying is rulers are not a terror to good conduct. So those of us who walk according to the law are not afraid of the law because we know we're abiding by what's set in place. So that's a challenge. We shouldn't be walking, contradicting the law and hoping to not get caught. Instead, we should walk according to what the law says. Um, and then it goes on to say, would you have no fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval. Do what's good. Like, let's follow the law. Let's be people who are set out to just follow the standards that are put in place for us. And in verse four, it says, for he is a servant for your good. So we know that not all the people on this earth are followers of Christ. So I truly believe that the authority is put in place to keep this world as safe as it possibly can be, because we know the world is kind of a scary place. Because once again, if people aren't following God and submitting to that authority, They're submitting to their own authority if there's no ultimate uh, country authority in place. So it really is for our good. So this means also, it says, for he is God's servant for your good. But this this shows that they aren't God, which means that they're human, which means that they won't be perfect. And I think it's really important to think about that. For he's God's servant for your good. He's not God, so he will not be able to make he, she, they will not be able to make everything the right decision always at the right time because they are human. And human capabilities only go so far, and that's why we need the Lord because we need an authority who is truly always for our good. But we have to be okay with the fact that an authority, a man or woman who's on this earth can never be as perfect as God. And so we need to stop expecting them to be. I think that's something I fall into in my own life, like being like, well, why did they make this wrong decision? Or why this? Why that? Well, at the end of the day, they are still human. So we need to enact grace in that. Um, And as it keeps going on, it says uh, in verse 5, Therefore one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you will also pay taxes for the authorities or ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. That's pretty clear cut. Honor to whom honor is owed. So uh, let's just do what is set before us. Let's follow those clear guidelines that are 
obvious. Taxes to who taxes are due. Revenues to who revenues are due. Respect to respect. Honor to honor. So let's walk in that and just follow those clear guidelines. And the next part is what I really like because this next section is called fulfilling the law through love. And I think a lot of the time we don't lead out with love and all that we do. But even this is talking about lead with love. (laughs) And the first verse, verse 8 says, Oh, no one anything except to love each other. We are never going to fulfill the amount of love we're supposed to give. We will always owe people more love because that's our ultimate calling is to love our brothers and sisters. First, we're supposed to be a Christ follower, and then we're supposed to love our neighbor, which it goes on to say. And we need to leave it out with love, not anger, in all things. And I think it's easy to get so hung up on politics, which is obviously very prevalent, but it's okay to lovingly disagree with people, but once again, lovingly disagree instead of just disagreeing point blank. Like as believers, we're called to love. So let's lead out as an example and (laughs) disagree lovingly if you're going to disagree. You love the Lord, so you obey the law because love is our driving force behind what we do. We love the Lord, so therefore we will submit to the authority he has put in place. If we don't agree with our brother and sister in Christ about politics, okay, let's lovingly disagree and disagree with the non-believers also in love. And as it continues down, it says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself in verse 9. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfilling of the law. So that is an ultimate way that we can show uh, what believers are supposed to be built on in every political conversation or anything like that. Love should be the center of it because Christ is the center of it. And as it goes down... You know that this time that the hour has come for you to wake from your sleep, for salvation is nearer now than we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand, so then let us cast off the works of the darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desire. So each day we're closer to the returning of Christ. We know that. We don't have an ultimate time when it's going to happen because no man knows that. But here's the thing. We should live each day with the desire to reflect Christ in all that we do. Um, Let's not get so hung up on politics that we miss our calling, which is to lovingly proclaim the gospel. Every day, let's walk in faith and not in fear. And ultimately, we need to be talking about Jesus more than we're talking about politics. And I know that it's very easy to fall into this phenomenon of let's let's debate, let's do this. But ultimately, are we saying politicians' names or are we saying the name of Jesus more at the end of the day? Because our calling is to just point to Christ. And I love how in First Timothy 2, it talks about, um, I urge that in supplications, prayer, and intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for all kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. So authority is put in place for a purpose, and let's spend more time praying about our politicians and people in high authority than complaining about them. So that's my challenge for all of us. And I know that this is not always the most comfortable topic, but I hope that that helped. Thank you, Delaney. Those listening, I hope you have a safe drive wherever you're at your home, a a wonderful, peaceful day. Let's pray uh, for those that are, uh, you know, in in positions of of power, positions of authority, uh, and expect God to do great things because He is sovereign over them. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys.